Every year when I turn to Parshat Noach, there's always one word that continues to grab my attention. It's at the very beginning of the Parsha, that the earth becomes corrupt before God, and the world becomes filled with Hamas. It's that word Hamas that grabs my attention because it's virtually impossible to look at the Torah this day to see these words and not to think of a terrorist group in Gaza by the very same name, Hamas, which is an acronym in Arabic for Harakat al-Mukwama al-Islamiyah, meaning the Islamic resistance movement. Now, I, I find it hard to believe that they didn't, or I find it hard to believe that the choice of that, that um, acronym for the name of their group is by accident. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't believe it. I, I, I believe, as do many others, that they chose it specifically knowing that the acronym Hamas in the Torah means lawlessness. Or more accurately, if you look at the Peshat commentary above the line in the Eitzchem Chumash, Hamas can mean bloodshed, falsehood, or deceit. It's translated as lawlessness in the Torah based on a midrash, a legend from the Yushalmi, from the Jerusalem Talmud, that says that people cheated each other for such small sums of money that the courts were not able to prosecute them. And as a result of that, it caused people to lose faith in the power of government to provide them with a fair and livable world, and society slipped into anarchy. That's what the Yerushalmi states, the Jerusalem Talmud, 2,000 years ago. According to the Yerushalmi then, it was the lack of public trust that led to the flood. It led to a lack of public trust in the government that led to the flood. From the year 200, right, if we're reading the Torah, we're thinking about it in a chronological way, right? The 10 generations from the creation of the world to Noah, but really the, around the year 250 then, a generation is about 25 years. From, so from the year 250 to the year 5783, uh, it seems like public trust in government is still a relevant issue. Uh, there are all sorts of indexes that measure this in Canada and around the world. And I checked one of the most, uh, uh, what is considered to be one of the most reliable indexes of public trust in the government. And from 2021, Canada was ranked number 11 in the world of its citizens having trust in the government. 61% of Canadians last year had trust in their government. Israel was at number 21 with only 44%. The US was at number 26 with 40.5%. And the UK was at 39.5%, was uh, number 28 in the world. Um, I wonder how those are gonna change this year, especially in Israel where they're now going to their fifth election in three years. 
And in the UK, where um, they're now going to their third prime minister in as many months. Canada, though, is relatively high, and yet if you look at the turnout at our municipal elections that just occurred, only 36% of eligible voters voted. It's the lowest turnout since 1982. The rabbis, 2,000 years ago, understood the importance of confidence in government. They understood that it's, a it's, it's public trust in government that ensures the success of public policies that ultimately depend upon behavioral responses of the public. Uh, a couple examples, right? We rely on people to pay their taxes. Yeah, we know not everybody's going to do that, and there needs to be some enforcement uh, mechanisms, but by and large, government functions because there's a trust that people will pay their bills. Law and order, that people will follow the law, that are basically decent and won't be involved in crime or criminal activity. And more recently, um, as we've all experienced as a result of the pandemic, uh, how important public trust is in terms of a masking policy and vaccinations. And in fact, there's concern right now that the vaccinations, the boosters um, in Canada are not, being, uh, are not being achieved at the levels in which we would like. Um, last year, Yair Rosenberg, writing for The Atlantic, following the hostage-taking at Colleyville Synagogue, argued that anti-Semitism can lead to the Yushalmi's definition of Hamas. That anti-Semitism is not just a hatred towards a group of people, us, the Jewish people, but it also plays a larger role in diminishing public trust in government. He argued on the notion that the terrorist who traveled 4,000 miles, 5,000 miles actually, 5,000 miles to Colleyville, Texas, in order to hold the worshipers of a synagogue in the middle of nowhere captive, he did so only, well, he did so with the belief that by holding the Jews captive, they would be able to influence the, Jew, the uh, president of the United States and the American government in order to release a captive that he wanted to have um, freed. It's really a preposterous notion that it's a, it's a conspiracy theory, is what Yair Rosenberg pointed out, that anti-Semitism ultimately is not just a hatred against us, but anti-Semitism is also the oldest conspiracy theory in the world. That the Jews who are only 0.2% of the world population have enough influence to control politics, economics, government, the media, and that we exercise, therefore, an outsized power and control in the affairs of our society. If we think about anti-Semitism in that way and Hamas in that way, we can understand why Kanye West's recent anti-Semitic uh, rant is so dangerous and problematic. Kanye West has more followers in social media than there are Jews that exist in the world. This latest, and it is the latest, this latest tirade of his began 
when he accused Sean Diddy Combs, a producer, a record producer, of being controlled by the Jewish people. And in the tweet that set off his, um, uh, the, this latest circumstance around him, he tweeted, you guys, the Jews, us, have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. That's the conspiracy theory. And then he said something that makes no sense. Uh, I'm going to death con three. Um, which I think is maybe he doesn't understand what DEFCON is. DEFCON is what the US military, um, how it rates its preparedness level based on uh, circumstances in the world. DEFCON relates to defense condition. Three is we're like, we're prepared, but we're not actually deployed. Um, and so there, there is no DEFCON that I know of, other than perhaps uh, an anti-Semitic kind of thing of, um, I'm going to death con three, meaning I'm gonna prepare myself in order to go out and attack and kill Jews. That's the only thing that it can mean. Um, if it means anything at all, I don't know. Um, but as I said, when you have a celebrity who has a following of more people then there are Jews that exist in the world. He is a massive influencer of the reactions and the thoughts of people in the world who might not know any better than he does. And when you perpetuate the oldest trope of anti-Semitism in the world, it's not surprising then to see, also very strange, the neo-Nazis are now supporting Kanye West. Right? Well, I mean, anti-Semitism has this very weird ability to uh, unite um, people that you wouldn't imagine being united. Right? So they hate the Jews more than apparently they hate the blacks. Um, because the, the, the white supremacists are now supporting Kanye West, uh, tweeting out that Kanye West was right about the Jews. Or you see the neo-Nazis, this crazy group of people that call themselves the Goyim Defense League. Uh, taking, putting banners out on the 405 in Los Angeles, which if you've ever been to LA, the 405 is usually a parking lot. Uh, one of the busiest freeways in the world. And hundreds of thousands of people passing through those bridges saw those signs and saw the Goyang Defense League standing at attention, supporting Kanye West with the Hitler salute. Every, and, and then they also uh, passed out um, thousands of flyers within those neighborhoods in which they claimed that every aspect of mass immigration to the United States is part of the Jewish conspiracy. Right? So think about how important this is. You remember, uh, remember Virginia? What is it that the neo-Nazis were saying as they were taking their, their torches and they were marching blood and soil, and so forth and so on. The Jews will not replace us, right? When immigration, become, when immigration policy becomes part of the conspiracy theory that the Jews are responsible for immigration, bringing in all these aliens in order to replace us, you don't have to deal, you know, the beauty of a conspiracy theory is you don't have to deal with fact. 
and you don't have to deal with policy, and you don't have to figure out how you solve problems, you can say, oh, it's the Jews' fault. We can scapegoat the Jews and blame them for our problems. The problem with conspiracy theories, as Yair Rosenberg writes, is that it destroys a society from within. It diminishes trust, which leads ultimately to lawlessness, anarchy, chaos, and Hamas. Just look at the Tree of Life synagogue shooting that took place four years ago on Thursday. 11 people in shul as we are this morning, gunned down by an assailant who was motivated by his anger against Hyas, the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, which Jaius, the Jewish Immigrant Aid Society, is the sister organization of here in Canada. He was known to have said and to have written before the attack that Jews bring in those to replace us, kill our people. I can't sit by and watch my people get slaughtered. That's not DEFCON 3. That's DEFCON 1. When someone moves from 3 to 1, from being prepared to being motivated to act, that's what anti-Semitism does. So what do we do about it? I also want to mention very briefly Paul Pelosi, who was um, brutally um, beaten in his home uh, uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the Congress of the House's um, husband, uh, the assailant also was motivated by immigration policies and hatred that he blamed on the Jews. So what do we do about it? God's answer in the Torah reading this morning was to flood the earth and to start over again. Hamas had become so prevalent in society that God's only recourse was to say, to hell with it. I'm starting over again. That's not, that's not reality whether for the Torah, if it happened or not, you know, Bible scholars can discuss that till they're blue in the face. But we know from our lived experiences, that's not what's gonna happen. There's not gonna be a flood, and the earth is not gonna be shown a rainbow by which human beings can decide to rebuild their society from nothing. Um, interestingly, there's another section in the Torah that might provide us with at least a clue of how we might start. In chapter 8, verse 15, the Torah says, Elohim el Noach This is now at the end of the flood. Noah has sent out the dove and the raven, and he's come back with the olive branch. And God says to Noah, Say min hateva, it's time for you to leave the ark. You, your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives. It's time to get out of the ark. Why does God have to tell Noah to leave the ark? 
That's the question the commentaries ask. And the note below the line, Rabbi Kushner brings a midrash, describes Noah as reluctant to leave the ark. He is afraid that he and his descendants will defile the earth again. And in a couple generations, we'll find ourselves right back to where we were before. Noah is afraid. And in this midrash, God cries out to Noah. He says, why is it now, Dafka, at the end of this journey, that you're suddenly concerned about humanity? Where were you before? I told you what was coming. I told you to build an ark. And Noah followed God's instructions to the letter and built the teva, built the ark. But what is it that Noah didn't do? He didn't speak up. He didn't say anything to anyone else. He didn't try to influence people to change their behaviors as a result of what was going to come. He may have been ish sadiq vitamim, righteous and pure bedoratav in his generation, but the rabbis, when comparing him to Abraham, find Noah lacking. For it was Abraham, when God comes down and says, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because here are two cities in which Hamas has now shown itself again. I'm going to destroy these cities. God, Abraham turns to God and says, wait a second. How can the judge of all the earth do this? What if there's 50 righteous people? And Abraham and God, they argue, they debate. Down to 10. What if there's 10? And God says, I won't destroy the city for 10. Now, there weren't 10 righteous people, so the city gets destroyed. But what God wants from Noah is what God got from Abraham. If you're going to be concerned about the state of society and humanity, you have to speak up before it's too late. Not after the flood. Before the flood. The time for action, the time to stop the flood is before it rains. The time for action is before the crisis. I learned something interesting Tuesday night at the Simon Wiesenthal, the Canadian Friends for Simon Wiesenthal Center, where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, was the keynote speaker. I did not know that Jews helped create the NAACP, the, North, the National Association for uh, uh, Colored People in the United States. I didn't know that. The NAACP was created by Jews and African-Americans and blacks in order to help in the legal system to bring about change. And, and Karim said that, like, you know, in the civil rights, when he was growing up, it was easy to see the impact of hate because it was obvious black people were being murdered for trying to vote. It's not so easy to see anti-Semitism when it's festering as words. And sometimes we dismiss it until it leads to action. And so we have to take our words of condemnation and we have to do more. We have to turn them into action. We have to stop the flood before it rains. Now, it's raining right now. That is for sure. But it's not yet flooding. 
But we as a people, we know what happens when the rain continues to pour and human beings don't act out. Um, I think we have out in the hallway, if not, we'll post it on our website after Shabbat. Uh, there's uh, a handout that's published by the Anti-Defamation League in the U.S. 90 things that you can do, 90 ways that you can respond to anti-Semitism. I'm going to just highlight a couple of them. In your home and personal life, engage Jewish friends and friends of different faiths in conversations about their experiences and thinking regarding anti-Semitism. At your children's school, suggest the school invite a speaker from an organization like your local Human Rights Commission or CJA to talk about anti-Semitism at an assembly. Uh, videotape the presentation and arrange for news coverage. On college campuses, following the presentation by an anti-Semitic speaker, take appropriate action, challenge the speaker, ask the sponsoring organization to present a rebuttal speaker, Encouraging, encourage campus and community newspapers to publish a critique, mail or email your response to as many attendees as possible. At your place of work, ask your HR department to sponsor a program about anti-Semitism and other forms of hatred. At your house of worship, organize opportunities for meetings between lay members of different faiths to discuss anti-Semitism and the persecution of other groups. At all levels of government, participate in public community and political forums to raise the issue of anti-Semitism. Encourage the press to attend and cover such events. And finally, in the general community, ask community organizations, civic groups, and professional associations of which you are a member to sponsor a speaker or other program on anti-Semitism. I wish that Adidas and CAA and all these other organizations that have dropped Kanye West, I wish they never would have taken him up in the first place. Because if you looked at his readings and his writings and his tweets and his statements, what came out recently is not a surprise at all. It's not enough just to react after the case, which also, by the way, concerningly, feeds into the conspiracy theory of Jewish power. Better not to take someone like that on in the first place, to make them the billionaire, so he can now claim that the Jews are responsible for him losing $1.2 billion and being worth only 400 million. I feel badly for him. But if we're gonna stop anti-Semitism, we have to work to do it before it floods. Shabbat Shalom.